0: Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco, or perhaps a burrito. Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco on the Improve Photography Network. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me. If you're subscribed to the podcast, then as you hear me speak right now, I'm headed down to the first ever Improved Photography Retreat in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm super excited about it. It's going to be an incredible week to meet listeners of the podcasts and improve our photography together. Now, Jim has said he intends to do another retreat in 2018. So if you missed out on coming this year, then stay tuned for your chance to come and shoot with us next year. All right. Now, before I start, I promised a quick shout out to my 1,000th follower of my at Harmon Jeff Instagram account. Matt Hayek was that lucky 1,000th follower. And you need to check out Matt's really beautiful photography work. He posts that work on Instagram under his super creative account name, which is one of the things we pointed out in the last episode about how to Instagram like a pro. His account name is at Matt Hatton. N-Y-C. And it's really cool because as you know, Matt, it's Manhattan and it's New York City, all kind of combined into one thing. So, but spelled out, it's M-A-T-T-H-A-T-T-A-N-Y-C. I love the name. That's really cool. Anyway, he has really good work out there. He has an impressive 20,000 followers too, and there's good reason for it. So go check out his account. All right. In this episode, I'm going to tackle a question from listener Angela Norton, who loved the culling like a pro episode. Now, before I read her question, I wanted to say culling For beginners or people who may be finding Photo Taco for the first time and are just starting out, culling is the word that we use to describe the process of narrowing a bunch of photos that we've taken down to our best photos. Now, we all hope that almost every photo we take is one of our best photos, but if you're like me, you're far from that. (laughs) And you have to eliminate the bad ones, the ones that you took of your toes that were over or underexposed or out of focus or whatever problems there might be. There's a bunch of photos that just don't deserve to live on. (laughs) And culling is the process to get rid of those. And she really liked that episode. She said, Jeff Harmon loved this episode. I ignored it in my feed because I thought I was doing good with culling. LOL. Which I think means Angela thought she knew all there was to know about culling and then listened to the episode and decided there was something of value in there, even though she thought she knew everything about it. So don't give up on Photo Taco, people. Even if it's a topic you think you know, listen to it. Just Give it a chance. Okay. She says, my question is, how are you presenting client proofs? If they're able to give stars, I'm assuming you're using something with Adobe Cloud, or maybe I misunderstood and you're presenting in person. Thanks so much for all you do. Angela, thank you for your question. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for posing in, in the Facebook group. Uh, it's wonderful. I'm, I'm so glad you're there. And if you would like to have your question or see if you might get your question added as one of the topics to the show, you can go to facebook.com group slash photo taco and submit your questions there. Participate in the community. Even if I don't answer it in a podcast, we have lots of people who are always helping out there. And it's a great resource, something that you need to go check out. So um, I wanted to say too, she used a word in there that not everyone would understand. I, I really strive hard on Photo Taco to define those words when we come up against them for anyone who may be listening for the first time and is just starting on their photography journey. So she said client proofs. Now a proof is usually something that is a, a representation of the photos that you shot, but not in the highest quality form. And we're going to get to kind of a more, what my definition of is it, and how I'm specifically outlining how I'm using something I'm calling a proof in my process. But I think that's what she wants to, to talk about the most. And I'm going to talk about how it is I'm doing this first, and then a couple of other options I'm aware of and I've tried out. Now, if you've listened to improved photography podcast, you know that I've chosen to use Zenfolio for my website. And as I've said on that podcast, this is actually one of the main reasons that I stick with Zenfolio for my website hosting too. Now, to be clear, this is not an ad for Zenfolio. They have not paid me to do this episode. Uh, This is purely because it is the service that I am using to accomplish this task. And it's the reason that I continue to pay for the service year after year. All right, so let's walk through my workflow. First off, I have personally made the choice that as I am hired by clients, one of the things that they get when they hire me is to be involved in proofing the shoots that come out of our sessions and calling the photos and getting proofs. So I shouldn't call it proofing. They're going to get the proofs that come out of the shoot and they're going to cull them for me. They're going to tell me which ones they like the best. Not everyone works this way. I've had many a discussion with fellow photographers feel very passionately and very differently about this than what I do. And they usually argue that when a client hires them, they see it as, them, as the client saying they like their style of work that they've seen from them. And they're asking that that same style be applied to that shoot. And therefore, the photographer should be the one, is the one to call out the images that they feel are the best from the shoot and apply their professional editing to the shots that they think are best. The photographer thinks is are best. And if that's how you define the service that you're offering to your portrait clients, great. That's up to you and that's fine if that's how you're doing it. It is just not how I am choosing to do it. Not that either way is right or wrong, I'm just choosing to do it this way and Angela wanted me to describe what it was that I'm doing. So to, I make it clear up front as I'm working with the client, as they're in the process of talking about hiring me, what it is I do, how the process works, and this is just part of it. This is how I define my portrait service to my potential clients. So I let them know upfront that I'm going to shoot for up to two hours is most of the time how it is we work it out on our portrait shoots. We do outdoor. I don't go in a studio most of the time. I do a little DIY stuff um, in the basement sometimes, but most of the time it's outdoors and we get on two hours. I found most of the clients they can't handle more than two hours of being photographed anyway, so we we schedule two hours. We go with them and 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 I tell them up front that what we're going to do is we're going to take out all of the obvious shots that are no good, and then they will get to choose the shots they want to have me professionally post process. It's kind of how I word it right in the beginning. We'll make, we, we will apply professional post-processing to make the photos look the best they possibly can, but you're gonna tell me which ones you want me to do that on. And we talk about how many it is that they're gonna get for the price they're paying. There's a certain number of photos that I'm gonna go work on as uh, to post-process them. Okay, so what do I mean by shots that are obviously no good? All right. So maybe I'm a lazy photographer or just not as good a photographer as many of you are who are listening to this podcast. But while my hit rate on photos that are good is continuously rising, I'm I'm improving that. I still have exposure test shots and shots I didn't quite nail the focus on and shots of my feet somehow end up in there a lot too. And I have obvious photos that are just not good for anybody. Nobody is going to care about them. No one's going to like them. And they're those one-star photos. If you follow the culling process that I talked about and that Angela responded to in that culling like a pro episode of Photo Taco, those are the one-star photos. And I don't deliver any of the one-star photos to my clients, but I send them all of the rest. And that's a lot. There's usually hundreds of photos that I will send them. If we went through an entire two hours of taking pictures, there's hundreds of photos that I'm going to send them, and then usually it's going to be between I don't know about ten or twenty that I will post process and professionally edit, depending on the cost and the price we've decided on how it's going to go. Then that will determine how many of those are going to get. So, but I send them all of those two star and above photos. So even those where I may have like ten of the same person or the same people, even in the same pose, I'm going to send them all ten of those, as long as they're technically doing well as long as they're not completely out of focus or have massive exposure problems or something like that i'm going to send them all 10 of that and I, it's been astounding to me because as i have done this for f- several years now the clients don't pick the ones i expect them to and so i've i really feel good about sending them those 10 because they they so often pick one that i wouldn't have and it's it's something that just seems right to me, something that I really like. And, I, and so far, my clients seem to really like it, too. And I think it's because even though I personally know most of my clients fairly well, I'm not to the point where I'm scheduling tons of uh, family portrait shoots with complete strangers, but I, I usually don't know them so well that I can tell the difference between a smile that is truly them and one that is not after all, knowing somebody that well, well, it takes a much closer relationship than I have most of the time with my clients. So it's like, think about when you take photos of your own family, especially if you take photos of your children, you know, when they're doing a cheesy slash fake smile versus one that's real and how it is that with many people, you don't get a real smile unless you get it caught like candidly. People tense up and they act differently when a camera's pointed at them. And even though we do all we can to put them at ease and get them to act naturally and we play little tricks like telling them a joke or making them say something that, that makes them smile and, and you wait and, and you push the shutter when that comes, when that moment comes, even with all of that, well, it still may not be their real true smile and something that they can see. And I can tell you that shoot after shoot after shoot, it has just really worked out a lot where they pick photos that I never would have. And that's why I think this is important part of the service I do. Anyway, we still haven't really answered Angela's question and I will get to that next. But first I need to thank the sponsors for this, this episode. Improve Photography Plus is the first one. I'm so excited to get down to the improve photography retreat the week of this episode and teach some basic photography skills. I have a few sessions that I will be presenting and also to learn from other photographers. But the tickets for the retreat were very limited, as was the ability for many people to take time and get away in the middle of March. So the great thing is that you can still get much of the benefit of the retreat by subscribing to improvephotographyplus.com. March 1st of 2017, a brand new video training course from the Nick page called Nick's Advanced Landscape was released and I've heard some really positive feedback on that course. Subscribers get immediate access to everything improved photography has ever produced over the years, including video training, like Nick's advanced landscape to, uh, video workshop presets and access to many of the hosts of the podcast on the improved photography network. It's only $19.95 a month to subscribe. And you can start your free trial today by heading over to improved photography plus.com. I want to thank Jim and improved for making this episode possible. This episode is also made possible by MacFun Luminar. I did a full podcast episode where I made 10 observations about the Luminar post processing software, kind of a replacement for Lightroom and Photoshop mixed together. They have some more work to do to get it to be fully on par, but it is really fun software to use, especially for the price. It speaks right to my hobbyist budget heart at only $69 with no ongoing subscription pricing. Even better, if you use coupon code PHOTOTACO, so all one word, PHOTOTACO, you get $10 off, making it only $59. At that price, you really should go check it out, and it will help the show out at the same time. Head over to MacFun.com, that's mac dot com and check out with coupon code PHOTOTACO to get $10 off. Now let's answer Angela's question about how I actually get the client's proofs from the photo shoot so that they can call them. I go through all of the shots that I took from the session in Lightroom and I use the three-star culling method, but kind of an abbreviated form of it. After all, what you want to get here is just get rid of the absolute garbage photos. You want to get rid of all of those that are just the one stars. If you use that three star cooling system, then the one stars, those are the ones you need to identify. And I'm not going to worry about deliberating between two, three or more stars on photos. I'm going to mark a single star because that universally throughout my Lightroom catalog means those are garbage photos, photos that I don't expect I will ever be able to use in any fashion at any point. And are pretty much safe for deletion if I ever want to clean up my catalog and make uh, decrease the size or the space that's being taken up by them. So I'm going to go and I'm going to mark those one stars. I don't need to worry about the rest because remember the client is doing that for us. The client is going to be going through these photos and telling us, telling me which ones they want me to professionally post process. And which ones are their favorite? So I got to fire the one stars, and I'm going to do that as fast as I possibly can, as fast as Lightroom will let me, which can be pro- kind of a problem. But but we're not talking about that in this episode. Okay, so I filter down once I've once I've gone through them all, and I've picked out the one stars. I filter down now to those that have no star rating because I picked the one stars. Those are the ones that are terrible. And if I tried to say like twos and above, well, that will produce nothing since I didn't go and spend time on doing two and three stars. So I pick those that have no star rating. And I will export them out to my hard drive in a special location for proofs. I've I've made a folder where I have proofs and I put all the proofs that I send to all my customers. And I export out of Lightroom with the selection to choose to do the resolution of 1024 pixels on the long edge. That's right, a tiny 1024 pixels wide or high on a photo. This is why they're called proofs. They're not supposed to be full quality photos. They're not supposed to be good enough that a client can do much with them besides verify that the smile looks right, that the eyes look right, the scene looks good, and kind of say, yep, that one is the best of the this group of photos. And, uh, and I make them that small for three reasons. The proofs are made that small for three reasons. Number one, it takes way less time to export out of Lightroom and less time to upload them to my Zenfolio site. Number two, The photos load much faster for the clients as they're going through them, either on mobile or on a computer, and that experience is critical. You don't want to have them waiting for images to load while they're trying to look at photos. They're probably going to be comparing them one to another a lot. You want to be able to have them go back and forth, back and forth between photos very quickly so that they can get, this, this process isn't frustrating to them either. And the last one is, well, they're not big enough for the clients to do a whole lot with them besides what we're intending here for them to be proof so they can pick their favorites. Although personally, I'm not so worried about it, but I could see that being a benefit that a lot of photographers would be looking for where they can't go print these things at really high size, big sizes, or just say, oh, this is good enough. I'm not going to pay you to to do any other post-processing on them. And I sort of worked that out ahead of time anyway, because we include that in the package that they're buying, the service they have. There's a certain number of photos they are prepaying to have professionally edited. So they're incented to follow through with that still. And maybe that's part of why this has been successful for me. All right, so I'm upfront with the clients about this too. These proofs are gonna be so little not only when we talk about the service I provide when they're hiring me, but also when I email them the links to the photos. I remind them at that point in the email, these are low resolution photos and I'm doing that to speed up this part of the process and the final results will be much better. I remind them they have a certain number of photos that they've already purchased in their package that I will professionally post process. I keep using those words with them to reinforce that that's part of the value of the service I'm offering. The post-processing is an important aspect that distinguishes between Uncle Bob and hiring me (laughs) to do the the photos. Um, And and that I'll make them look the best they can. And they can pay to have more professionally post-processed if they simply can't choose. There's too many good ones and the number that they thought they were gonna have, they can't decide and they're gonna pay extra to get some more done um, that they'll have that opportunity. And I also provide them, I also tell them that I will provide them a full resolution file of any of the photos they want at no cost if they don't want me to professionally post process the photo. So again, reinforcing that I'm adding a lot of value here. This is where it gets to be a little specific now in to Zenfolio in my workflow. In that email, I include two links to the proof photos. One is a link to use on a computer, and the other is a link to use on a mobile device. Now, the first just goes to a specific location in my Zenfolio site, where they'll see their proof photos, these little tiny photos that are out there. And they have, you know, it's not a beautiful presentation by any stretch. It's functional. It's pretty easy to figure out how to use and, uh, and they, the customers seem to, to do well with it. But, the, but and, and you can load that on a phone. You can go into Safari or Chrome and you can load that on a phone and it works. It's just not great. That's why I send that second link because Zenfolio has a, uh, an app, a native app on mobile devices called Photo Moments. And you can get it out of the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. And when they click on the link, when the client clicks on that specific link, Then the phone takes them to the app store because they don't have the app yet. It takes them to the app store, they download the app, and when the app launches, it immediately shows them their proofs, and only their proofs, and they don't have to do anything else. It's actually pretty slick. I really like how that works out. So it's worth it to me to send two separate links so that they can use those to pick their favorites. And I found that my customers generally use both. They usually start out on their phone first, they clicked the link. They like the photos. They may even share them to Facebook right there because they usually are like, "Wow, these are good." Even though I haven't really done a whole lot to them yet, I applied a preset, an auto fix portrait kind of preset, and uh, didn't spend any more time than that on doing it. And they're they're already happy enough with the results that they they tend to want to share stuff on Facebook or Instagram already right from there, and that's okay that's good. They're excited about them. That's that's uh, I'm, I'm glad that they're happy about it. I know a lot of photographers would be nervous that their photos that aren't fully post-processed the way they want them are getting out there. But um, it's the clients paying me to, to do this service and how they choose to use the photos is up to them. It's okay. At least that's how I'm seeing it. And, uh, and, but they, they do it on their phone, but then they really want to get home and look at it on a bigger screen, or, and, or and they want to get their spouse or their kids or other people, maybe grandma or grandpa, they might send them the link so that they can take a look and they go and they vote for their favorite. So I, I find that most of my clients are using both links and they're using them heavily. All right, so whether on the computer or on the phone, the client can go through the photos and heart the ones they like best. That's kind of the user interface from Zenfolio. You can click on a little heart that you favorited the photo and that it keeps track of those. It keeps track of what you favorited. When they're done, when they've favorited the number that they've been allotted, or in a lot of cases, like I said, they favorite more than they were allotted and then they pay extra to get those extra ones post-processed. They hit a little button either on the web page or in the mobile device that sends their favorites to the photographer. And I get an email saying they sent me their favorites and I can see which of the photos they hearted. This is a there is a price level with Sinfolio you can pay so that those hearted, those favorited photos, they end up kind of syncing directly to Lightroom. But I don't pay for that level because I can do it without it just fine. It's, it's almost it's almost as good as being automated. It's not quite, but it's worth saving a little money with my Zenfolio service fees to, uh, to not have to pay for the extra level to get there. So what I can do is I can get the list, I uh, copy it, and then I paste it into like Notepad or Word or some editor where I can put commas in between the names and uh, the file names are what I'm, I'm getting out of Zenfolio that the customer's favorited. And then I just go into Lightroom, and I go in the library module. I add filtering, custom filtering, by text. I choose to search on any searchable field, say have it contains, and then I paste in that comma-separated list. So the list of all the file names separated by commas. And boom, it's filtered down to the top photos, the photos that the customer favorited. So that's how I'm getting that feedback, Angela. That's what it is I'm doing to make it so I can go there. I'm not gonna go through the whole rest of my workflow from here, because there's a lot more detail of other stuff that I'm gonna do. I have only talked about kind of the beginning part, but there's a couple of things that I have just done that, that might be helpful as well. One is that I, uh, I put a green rating on all of these photos, and that's so that as I'm looking in this directory in the future, I will know by the fact that they're green, that those were the ones the customer favorited. That's just what I've decided for me. That's what green means. The second is I will create a collection and that's so that I can sync to Lightroom Mobile. You can only sync collections to Lightroom Mobile. And so I do that um, mostly because I want to be able to have those accessible. If I run into a potential client, they want to see some of my work I can go into the Zenfolio app on my phone or on the mobile device and use that, and that works very well. Or I can um, go to my just my normal Zenfolio website and and browse on the phone. It's not as great an ex- as an experience there. But um, the other thing is I can actually work on these when I'm out and about if I want to. I haven't done a ton of that. I'm not saying the experience is like super good for, for doing that. But I have actually done that a little bit. So anyway, I, it's helpful. I like having the option. If nothing else it doesn't cost anything to create a collection and, and put them in there. So I do that too. Um, and and that's kind of where I'm just going to end up on, on this episode then. I hope that answers your question, Angela. Before I close up, I do want to say that I have tried a few other products just to see if I liked how they function as well or better than Zenfolio for this. Now, And specifically, we're talking here about getting client feedback on proofs, right? Just that specific feature. So I've checked out Pass. Pass is a product that a lot of photographers here at Improved Photography really, really like. And the client's experience is really super good with that product. It's really good for delivering your final, uh, your final photos to a client. It's super for that. Uh, very good product for that. I don't think it does a good job at this specific feature of having the client proof, get proofs, and call them, and provide feedback on which ones you want. They want to have you post-process. The other product, though, that I have tried that's really actually close is Lightroom Mobile, and it's something that I could consider replacing what I'm doing here with Zenfolio. It's getting close to it. Um, I would have to change my workflow and make that collection much earlier in the process, because again, you can only sync collections to Lightroom Mobile. But clients can go and star rate their photos. like They have the same ratings that you have in Lightroom. So they, you can have them, you can tell them, yeah, just go put stars on the photos that you like the best. And, uh, and then that will directly sync to your Lightroom catalog for you. You don't have to go copy and paste anything. Uh, It's probably a little bit more like what you get if you paid for the higher level of service from Zenfolio. The downside that I've seen with Lightroom Mobile and why I haven't gone that direction so far is that they have to create a login to do that. And when you do it, it felt way too much like you're creating an account with Adobe rather than an account with me. So they kind of have to do that with the Zenfolio site too. They do have to kind of create an account. I think you can do quite a bit without creating an account, but you can't really send it to the photographer without creating an account. But the experience is different and it's branded for me. It makes the cu- the client feel like they're creating an account with me and my website instead of an account with Adobe. So I didn't really like that. Uh, I, so I, I'm not really considering doing that yet, but... I'm gonna keep an eye on it because if that changes, I may change providers at some point. This is really literally the biggest thing from Zenfolio why I'm sticking with them for my site today. Um, I have checked out some other sites that can provide this capability as well. I'm not really gonna go through those. And I'm sure there's tons I haven't checked out. And I'm not suggesting the Zenfolio is the only way to accomplish this goal. Lightroom Mobile is another way I know you can accomplish this goal. It just is the best way I've personally seen it done at a reasonable price today. So that's what my experience was. And that's what Angela asked for the details on. So now I've provided them. And I hope that you enjoyed the episode. And that's it for today. I hope you all enjoyed it. As a quick reminder, you can suggest topics for the show through Facebook at facebook.com/groups/phototaco, or through Instagram. You can message the official account at Phototaco Podcast. I'd love to see you tag the podcast in your work. Or through email, where the address is phototaco podcast at gmail.com. No question, too basic or too complicated for the show. If I don't know the answer to the question, I'll see about bringing an expert on, or I will research it thoroughly. Don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the Improved Photography Network, too. We have Portrait Session, Tripod, and of course, Improved Photography. And as of the recording of this episode, I think we'll probably be about a week out or so on having our brand new travel photography show, Latitude. So make sure you stay tuned for that. It's not published yet. People have been really antsy to see the podcast show up in there iTunes or their podcasting application. It's not published yet, but we're getting there. It's just a timely, it it takes time to get that done. So be patient, stay tuned. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be a fun show. Also take some time and head over to The Mothership ImprovePhotography.com for news gear and other photo tip articles. It is the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent hosts, guests, and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of Improved Photography, LLC, or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!